Welcome to episode 20 of the Pop Anime Comics Lounge. My guest today is Craig Anderson, a British referee. But before we get into the interview, I'd like to remind everybody to follow us on Twitter at Pop Anime Comics and to check out the website popanimecomics.com, which writes about anime, comics, and pop culture. So without further ado, let's dive right into this interview. So when were you first introduced to wrestling? I think probably when I was like eight or nine, maybe a bit younger. My mum didn't like us watching wrestling at that age, shockingly. Me and my brother. And um, so occasionally when we went around to one of my friend's house, we used to like try and stay there as late as possible to watch Raw. And we only knew Austin and Rock. That was the only two people we knew. But yeah, about eight or nine years old, I'd say. And you said you were watching Raw. Did you watch anything else besides Monday Night Raw? At that age, no. Growing up, I mean, I really, really got into it, into like the WWF at the time, sort of around early like 2000, maybe like late 99. I kind of remember Kurt Angle winning the title. First thing I really remember, but I remember bits. I've watched stuff from everywhere, WCW, ECW and, and WWF and WWE, if you like, from years and years and years. But yeah, that was probably the first point that I started watching it. So was there any wrestler who really inspired you to get into this industry? Wrestler-wise, I've always heard like three or four favorites over the years. Shawn Michaels, Edge and Kurt Angle were three guys that I was like, they are kind of inspirations to a lot of people. But referee-wise, I suppose, you know, I look at refs like Charles Robinson, Chad Patton and WWE. They've done very well. And obviously Chris Sharp lately, obviously, has been a tremendous help to me in regards to advice and, you know, being able to almost mentor me. All them sort of people have been sort of inspirations in the Brahma. So before you came into the wrestling industry, what were you doing? I finished my degree. I did a media degree here in the UK in Leeds. You know, just thought I was going to get a job afterwards. I wanted to do like radio. I did a lot of radio broadcasting work. So I would have really been happy with like a job in radio or that kind of thing. I used to do a wrestling podcast myself for like a few projects. I know like the whole being interviewed as opposed to interviewing is is a weird dynamic. But like, yeah, I just thought I was going to get a job. And then I sort of in the beginning of my third year of uni, I got into wrestling. How did you get involved with your first promotion in wrestling? And what was your job in that promotion? My first job, because I got in touch with a school in Leeds uh, called Grapple. And I said, you know, I'm a media student. I'd love to get some more experience, maybe ring announcing. Or if you need a commentator, I'd love to, you know, I don't know how big your company is or, you know, I'd love to do that. And they said, yeah, we've got a show in like four weeks that's being filmed. You know, we're only a, we're a school, so we're all up for giving opportunity. Why not? You know, we'll give you a chance. <laughs> I've watched it back. It's dreadful. <laughs> I was I was not good. But I suppose, like, I, I was probably quite out of my depth for, like, my first ever show. But I can look back on it and laugh. But, yeah, I did that. And then I kind of progressed. So the, the boss of the, the academy sort of went, um... Because I, ex- I expressed an interest in, like, learning how to ref and doing it properly and, and getting the proper gear and things. And he said, well, do you fancy refing on a few shows? I said, yeah, of course, that'd be fantastic. It just snowballed from there. It just just took off in its own life. So why refereeing? What is intriguing about becoming a referee? I think, for, for the most part, it's being able to be in the ring with some you know, excellent talent for a start, being able to appreciate wrestling from a different sort of standpoint. I think another thing as well, I'd seen, you know, while I, you know, I, was, I, I know I trained as well. Like I, I go to, not as much now, but I used to like go training a fair bit. You know, I, I go to shows and some shows I'd see refereeing done from what I perceive to be done badly. And I was just like, I could do better than that. So instead of just saying I could do, I think I can do better than that. Why don't I try and do better than that? 
it, it was like a, a case of, I just think this, there wasn't very many. There was there are some very good refs in this country, but there are also some very bad ones. And I, I personally just thought I could bring that standard up and hopefully contribute to a show. So you said you trained as a referee. How did you train? Mm-hmm. I just did the same drills as the wrestlers did at training. So the same bumps, the same sort of tech stuff. Not so much into the high flying, but like I do the same. I mean, it's great for fitness as well, and it helps... It helps tremendously with positioning. When someone's hooking up for a move, you kind of know, okay, they're going to go this way. I need to be over there. So you can sort of try and think at least one move ahead or if not two moves ahead to where they're going to go next. I also think it kind of helps with the respect standpoint. When when wrestlers know that you've also put the effort into train, generally found that I, I get a little bit more respect from, from the boys and the girls because I've trained as opposed to just, oh, I'll ref you know and it, it, there's definitely an aspect of okay he's, he's been bothered to do that that's that's cool that's that's <laughs> that's a good thing and now referees take bumps but it can't be a wrestling bump how, how do you go no. about taking a referee bump and selling it to the crowd yeah it's weird no one teaches you how to ref bump if that's even a well yeah no one teaches you that i mean i remember my first proper ref bump and it was just get hit and just effectively just fall over. Like you really just get hit and with the part of your body that's been hit the hardest, take that and almost go like top heavy. So if I'm taking like a super kick, I just kind of almost go down like my legs being sweeped under from underneath me and just fling your legs up in the air and throw your face down really. But yeah, it's it's very peculiar. It's something like you can practice, but it's almost instinct is almost better because if you practice how to bump ref bump a lot, then it looks almost like it. It's something that should happen correctly, as opposed to just falling naturally down to however you get hit. But yeah, it's it's a, it's very weird, and there is no criteria to be taught how to uh, ref bump correctly or not correctly. So yeah, it's a bit peculiar. And then, how often do you train as a referee with you know the wrestlers as well as on your own? Uh, in regards to like seminars and things and and, and sessions. I used to train like once a week when I first started because, you know, I really, you know, I wanted to learn a lot. And I found the more I worked on shows, the more I progressed, the more, the more I learned. But I'd say now I probably maybe once a month, if not twice a month now, just to sort of keep, just to keep my, I don't know, fitness up to keep as well as the gym, but just, just, just to keep going. But I used to train like once a week. I, I tend to, um, you know, and if there's an opportunity, like a special seminar, for example, we had Dave Taylor come over back to the UK, former WCW and WWE guy, he came back over and we have a trainer called Marty Jones, who he's, they go way, way back to the kind of world of sport era days here in the UK, plus uh, El Liguero, who's one of the top guys in this country, as well as Paul Parizio and JC Thunder. So we've got like four solid key trainers, plus we're very lucky and we get like good, we have good contacts and we get good, good people that come into grapple to teach us. And as a referee, when do you get involved in the match planning and making and knowing what exactly is happening when and where when do you come into involvement in that it kind of varies i suppose match the match sometimes go over to the people in the match and be like what's the finish or do you need me for anything they tell me what's going on and yeah so or i or they might come over to me and be like craig are you okay doing this so it, it, it does it does vary but it you know if if i'm if I just happen to see them and I've seen they've been talking to each other because there's, there's no real point in going over to talk to one person when they've clearly, you know, they clearly haven't spoke to each other yet. So there's no really point in, in sort of in worrying them about and troubling them for, for a, um, an answer or help. But yeah, I, I tend to try and leave it a while. So then I don't have to sort of 
again, it doesn't want to feel like you're having to hassle them for like a constant answer. But I find with a lot of people, they kind of just tend to come up to me and be like, oh, okay, we're going to do this. Uh, and I was like, okay, that's cool. So yeah, it, it really varies. And I think it's also safe to say that a good referee understands that they're not the main draw for the match. And so do you feel that not being noticed is one of the key elements of your job as a referee? Absolutely. Being five foot six has always got me grief, but being five foot six in wrestling is brilliant because I'm a small ref that can keep out of the way. I'd rather a wrestler that I've only worked with like once or twice, if he can't, if he or she can't remember my name, then that's great because I've clearly not got in the way or done something to to appease them. If you sort of know what I mean, it's like if you do something that someone annoys you, it's like oh, you never forget that person's name. But yeah, trying, you know, being invisible is 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 key being as neutral as possible just like a prime example i will happily like grow a beard out or like have facial hair but then the day before or the morning before a show all comes off nice clean cut hair nothing too wild with the other hair departments you know what i mean just just being as as professional as possible because effectively whatever company you're working for you're representing their product and if i've got silly hair or uh, you know too outrageous style then that could take away from the guys in the ring and they're the one taking the bumps. They're the one that's there. They're there to entertain. Of course, I'm a part of that. You know, you can't have a match without a ref, but I'm not, like you just said, I'm not the person that they've paid money to come and see. You know, they come and pay their money to watch the guys in the ring, not me. And as a referee, you have a variety of tools to control a match, including a count out, rope break, breaking holds. How do you utilize the tools to control the pacing of the match? So, if, for example, I know there might be a little bit of a, like a brawl on the outside, or I know they're going to go wandering a bit, sometimes I'll, I'll kind of like almost remonstrate with them for like a bit longer, which gives them easily another 10 to 15 seconds on the outside. If, for example, someone's on the outside down and someone's in the ring, I might get up to like three or four and then sort of turn around and tell the other person to back up or something just so you kind of you can control the count by also giving guys in the ring sort of more time move around to take their time because if I do counts too quickly or if I do even if I do counts too slowly pace of the match can either be too quick so that the match either doesn't like pace well and it looks rushed when it clearly isn't because my counts are too quick or if they're too slow things might be drawn out way too long than it should really be it's important to know if you can bits and bobs what they're planning you gotta gotta pace yourself there's no point um there's no point speeding ahead too fast so how much effort are you putting when you ref and how much focus do you have on the match that you're refereeing oh everything you've got to be completely concentrating on what's in front of you because at the end of the day if if there's someone that's never been to a wrestling show before or a, a child or a family that have only seen you know the wwe or maybe tna on telly they're coming and they sort of, they've watched those refs on the telly do a certain thing. So if they see a ref in the ring that doesn't do those same sort of things, they'll be like, you know, it, it'll be obvious to them because just they've just realised and watched, you know, WWE. So, of course, it, concentration is has to be 100%. You have to give it everything. The guys in the ring are. So the ref, as, as like I say myself, I would expect of myself, if I was in the crowd watching me, I'd be like, why isn't he gone all the way down for that pin? Why is he sort of just like gone down to like one knee? Why isn't he doing that count very loudly? You know, have to be very vocal as to assert your authority in a match you know if you're quiet then the wrestlers won't take you seriously and the crowd won't take you seriously you know you need you need to be focused and you need to be loud and is there a difference between british referees and american style and refereeing not for the most part 
Um, I'd say it's quite quite similar. Of course, there's like British style matches, which are like um, first to two falls, which is a, a British style match when you do rounds as well, like five minute rounds up to six rounds. But in regards to like the officiating, maybe there is a difference, but I've I've not seen any sort of major differences. No. And as a referee, have you ever had to modify a match because a wrestler got hurt? Yeah, there was a show uh, not so long ago where someone got injured to the point where he literally could just about roll, but he couldn't do anything. So the finish was supposed to be a pinfall, but we ended up sort of ad-libbing and doing a count-out because he was very injured. I, I find it quite peculiar. Like For example, in, in I suppose in soccer or, or in rugby or any, any contact physical sport, you'd stop wrestling most of the time. You keep going until you finish, which isn't crazy when you think about it. It was a bad injury. He ended up having to go to hospital and the rest of the show actually got cancelled. That was, it was a bit scary, but like, best thing I can do in that situations remain calm keep talking to him the help was great so there was no problems he's fine now he's completely fine but obviously at the time it was just obviously a little bit scary for him to be in that much pain and now as a referee the crowd has given you some shit why is that or why do you think that is there's there's a lot of contributing factors to that sometimes like i think they watch they watch football a lot of a lot of a lot of wrestling fans are football fans they give the ref crap in football like or soccer as you guys would like unbelievable amount of rubbish so it's the same like position we're both refs oh we're gonna give the ref some shit for making a a bad decision or a good you know whatever as long as i don't make a like uh, i suppose i feel like a proper mistake then getting the abuse is kind of just part and parcel of uh but it doesn't bother me it's uh it's quite fun it's funny sometimes when I'm getting uh, getting held abuse by uh, by the fans, but yeah, I've got thick skin. doesn't doesn't bother me much at all. You've also been attacked by a few wrestlers, Violet and Nixon. How yeah, did that yeah. come about? Basically, there was like, there was a match. It was them two versus Lana Austin and Ruby Summers in a uh, like a tornado tag. Falls count anywhere women's match for title in Leeds, title wrestling. So our regular referee, Dan Eagles, uh, who refs for them, I do commentary for title. We were sort of talking. We were like, well, it'd be kind of if, if two girls go one way and two girls go the other way in a falls count anywhere match. How can you be in two places? So it was obviously we decided it would best if we had two refs for that match. So being the heels, if you like, Nixon and Violet were going to lose. Originally, the match was a draw and the match got restarted and then they lost. So then they took out their frustrations, as you can see from that video on YouTube uh, on, on myself with a nice swift kick to the old uh, old ghoulies and then a nice shining wizard by Nixon. Do you enjoy being part of scenarios like this where you're elevated higher as a ref? I'm there to to help the show in any way I can. If that involves me getting the crap kicked out of me, fine. That doesn't bother me. If it involves me doing something to someone else, fine. But it, I'm happy as an as an official uh, or and a commentator, whatever position I I've been booked in by a company to to represent their company and do what they want me to do. Now you have worked for a variety of companies, naming a few here: TGW, TCW, Grapple Wrestling, and recently <laughs> Hope Wrestling. How do you get referee jobs in these promotions? Well, Grapple was is the academy, so they the first ones to sort of give me a chance, give me a shot. After that, it's 
compare wrestling to any sort of industry really you start at the bottom and through hard work and showing you're reliable showing you're worth something you you get built up and built up and built up and then you know you think oh yeah he's good well, we've used him on my show oh she's good I'll use him on my show same for refs I went I networked around a bunch of shows like uh, local shows I'd go to I'd go and watch my first outside booking from Grapple I just happened to sit next to a promoter at a completely different show it wasn't even his show and he said oh you're a ref Craig aren't you I said yes I am oh well I want to do this this thing with the with it so he booked me for his show and then I kept working for Grapple and then for TGW uh, as true great wrestling the uh, owners of my acad- the academy I-, I train at decided to launch a pro company, if you like, called True Grit. They asked me to officiate one of their shows. So that means I got to work with, you know, some, some really good top level guys. So then I can say, you know, when a company goes, I want to use you for our show, but who have you worked with? I can, I can then say, I've worked with them. Oh, that's okay then. So he, he's not completely stupid <laughs> and for hope hope was cool because uh, the promoter harvey dale gave me a, an opportunity where we went for a a big kind of meeting for like it was almost like an nxt version of hope he wanted to do like a hope future kind of thing and i obviously went to sort of talk to him about officiating for hope future about two months later i get a, a message on facebook saying we need a ref for friday are you free and i was like yeah absolutely uh, for, for his main show and i went down and i did a few did some matches for him on the show and uh he, he asked me to to come every show he had it's about you know it's it's, it's luck because that was a lot of luck I, I was originally just doing the hope future shows and then from there you, you just end up when someone asks who have you worked with because that's kind of what it comes down to when people go oh who have you worked for that's the question you get asked all the time who have you worked for and who have you worked with so i suppose and i guess people ask that because one they can then check it's like it's like a reference in a job when you're going for a new job you can be like okay my reference is mr blogs you know here's his number whereas with wrestling it's like who have you worked with because then they can just message them on facebook and go oh if you work with this person because they said you they you work with them were they any good and then of course they can either say no he was rotten or he was all right so <laughs> that's up to them obviously but that's kind of how i ended up with them companies would you say that networking is important in the rest history absolutely absolutely if you're not if you're not necessarily booked on a show that weekend and you're able to get to a show i'm not saying you have to go to shows but if you're able to sort of get around and and go to to local shows maybe some other trainees are going to a show to watch and you can sort of jump in the car with them or get the train with them or the bus with them then absolutely because hey hey, it's wrestling so you're gonna hopefully have fun and enjoy yourself anyway because you get to watch wrestling and hopefully maybe even learn a few things and two yeah absolutely if you can and you do get the opportunity to talk to a promoter, if, if the opportunity does does come around, just, you know, say hello, be friendly, courteous, be respectful. You really don't know, and it's a key part. Now, you've been refereeing for almost 19 months now. It seems a lot longer. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> How do you remember all the rules and the stipulations for matches, and what do you do if you forget a certain stipulation? I'm trying to think of a, of a situation where that may have happened. I don't actually think, touch wood, so far... I've forgotten like um, a major rule. Occasionally you might end, I may have once or twice almost enforced a rule that wasn't necessary. Like in triple threat matches, uh, no disqualification, no count out. So if there's choking on the ropes, there's nothing I can do. Really, I can't count, I can't do anything, can't do a thing. So sometimes in like heat of the moments, sometimes you, you, you may start counting or like triple threat matches, like when big girl 10 count, again, can't do anything because even though everyone's down, you can't count because... 
there's three of them there's not two of them so maybe once or twice but generally you know at the end of the day my job is to remember all that you know <laughs> so like if i forget then that's not great i do remember one occasion that uh, harvey dale again at hope will always remind me of there was a lot of shenanigans going on in a match between jigsaw who was over here and uh, el Ligero, who i mentioned earlier there was a lot of shenanigans and they were basically up to uh i think they were up to a seven count for whatever particular reason i completely forgot the number eight even existed went straight to nine they got back in the ring in time time i didn't even notice didn't even realize dale very much um made me aware that i had forgotten the number eight and every time I do an eight count or ten count now, he always reminds me. That's the one occasion that kind of comes to mind, but I don't, I don't think there's been any other. And as a referee, do you ever go back and watch the matches that you refereed to improve? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was saying, uh, having a conversation with um, a friend of mine who's a wrestler over here very recently about self-evaluation. While it is of course super important to sort of ask your peers how you think that looked or you know was that was that okay did i would you expect a ref to do that i think a self-evaluation and watching something back is also super important because then i can talk almost take a step back from the matches or the show i've done and be like right I'm going to sit here and watch this as like a fan, if you like. And would I, uh, and I'm going to watch me as the ref, and would I expect the ref to do that? Would I expect the ref to do this? And then obviously think, well, I don't I don't like where I'm standing here. Or even if, or even silly little things like I don't like how I'm standing there, or I don't like the position in there. I'll be like, right, I'm not going to do that again. Or at least try my best not to do that again. So yeah, I try and make a conscious effort to sort of watch stuff back when it becomes available to evaluate myself, yes. And as an independent referee, can you describe what your weekly schedule looks like i have a full-time job monday to friday which obviously pays the bills and stuff while I'd, I'd love wrestling to be the job that i can do full-time not yet that's, that's not a viable option to be able to live i suppose if you take like last week for example i had uh hope wrestling on the friday the 25th of september and then i went to uh, that was in mansfield and then i went uh, came home back to leeds and then went off to sheffield the next day for uh for, for ebw elite british wrestling and they had a day show, a matinee show, and then they had an evening show. So I was there all day for that. But came home, and then on the Sunday, the 27th, I had a show for Tidal in Leeds. It's a super busy weekend for myself. And you've been very lucky in the wrestling business. And having jobs from being a ring announcer and commentator to getting into refereeing. What advice do you have for people who want to get into the wrestling business? First things first, just you know, find a school close to you and just shut up and listen really that <laughs> you go into wrestling thinking you know it all but you you don't you really really don't everyone in wrestling has an ego everything from ring announcers to refs to of course the wrestlers themselves and it's all about checking that ego at the door and being like being humble respectful courteous and listening really first things first find a school with decent trainers and and go from there really and then before we allow you to go back to your pioneers start a new one do you have anything you'd like to promote I suppose upcoming stuff. I mean, yeah, of course, go and like the Facebook page, uh, Craig Anderson Pro Wrestling Ref. Follow me on Twitter. It's at the underscore Mr. Anderson. Got a few, a few shows I suppose I've got coming up. Of course, go and check out Hope Wrestling. Just recently been booked by Southside Wrestling, which is just going to be awesome. And that's again, that's in October. So go check them out as well. And there's a few other things coming up that I can't actually say right now. But again, please go check out the Facebook page and I'll be able to sort of announce them in due course. But go and check the Facebook page out. Craig Anderson, Pro Wrestling Ref, that's the, that's the one. Thank you for listening to this podcast, and remember to subscribe to this podcast so it finds you and you don't find it, and to like us on Twitter at Pop Anime Comics and on our Facebook page, Pop Anime Comics. Till next podcast, have a great week, everybody.